0: Hi fm your station of choice since 2008. Soul to Soul, I'm Rabbi Ari and great to be with you today on this wonderful, beautiful afternoon. Rosh Chodesh Nissan, it is the beginning of the new month, and an exciting and great time. Just think about, firstly, wonderful weather out here. And it's, yes, we're right now in isolation, we got our challenges, no doubt. But we got to make the best of it and the best of every single moment. And it's a new season. It's a new beginning. In fact, Rosh Hashanah Nisan, Nisan is the very first mitzvah, the very first commandment that God gave to the Jewish people. So we really have to tap into that energy of today. And what was that mitzvah? The mitzvah was about accountability for time. So how are we taking advantage of this mitzvah to be accountable for our time? And I think especially during this time, it's a question we got to ask ourselves. You know, overseas, today, uh, before Pesach, or actually throughout the entire month, it's a time to bless the trees. It's called Birch HaTayelonot, as it's the spring season that begins in Israel. So there's a blessing called the blessing of the trees. And indeed, many people, even here, if you see a tree that's blossoming, I don't think it's exactly in the season for that, you will see that people are going to bless the trees. And we got to think what lesson and messages we could take from a tree in our own life, and also the significance of the message of Nisan in general about this mitzvah of time. And so I hope throughout today, during our show, we'll have an opportunity to talk about some of these ideas about how to tap into the message, to the energy of Rosh Chodesh Nisan as the very first commandment that God gave the Jewish people, and why indeed the Jewish calendar. Some people are, are campaigning that Pesach should be postponed maybe to next month. We know that in the past we've had in a leap year, it was determined that if that the additional month of Abdur should be inserted. So, how do we apply that to ourselves as well today? Because we know that the Jewish calendar has many very important messages. And I hope throughout this show today we'll have a chance to explore and look at some of these things. We we'll look at the trees. It's part of the blessing of the trees. We know that there's a prayer we say in our Davening where we take out the Torah the Torah is a tree of life to those who hold on strong to it and those who support it are fortunate. And just to look at the importance of what message we could take from that, if you look at the word Chaim, right? All right, I'll stick with my day job. So, the word for tree, the word for life, chayim. And what's the English word life? But let's look at a very interesting contrast of the two words. The Hebrew word chayim, what are the two center letters? Two center letters are Hashem's name, double yud. Whereas the word life, what are its center letters? It's if. It means the perspective that some people have of life is everything is coincidental, it's by chance. There's a certain, or should I say an uncertainty to life, that we really don't know what's going to happen next. Who is to predict this precarious situation that we're in right now, going into lockdown tonight, who is to predict this? Okay, maybe a couple of weeks ago, as we were really prudent looking around the world, seeing what's going on, maybe, maybe. But really, certainly, no one could have predicted a few months ago that this would be the world's situation. And many people see it as, that's life. Life is if. Everything is by chance, it's all coincidental, we're uncertain. On the other hand, if we look at the Hebrew word Chayim, we realize nothing is uncertain. It all is part of Hashem. And while we're washing our hands, as everybody says, we've got to remember in whose hands we're in. So we got to realize that a Jewish life is a life of Chayim, a life of life, of true life. In fact, on a side note on the High Holidays, and the truth is, on Pesach, we're going to say this blessing as well, but this time without the Chazan and choir, unless we're, we return to Shul. But in the current circumstance of the lockdown, we're not going to be in Shul. And when we say the blessing for the summer months in Israel, the Birchat tal, right? And we say in the blessing, <laughs> to life and not to death. And what's interesting is, the Altar Rebbe and the Shukranach tells us how we have to be specific and particular to say, Lichayim, the prefix lit to life, V'lo' la'mavet and not to death. Which is interesting, it gives you a double negative. It's sort of like, Iki prata There's a double negative there. To life and not, not death. That's the literal translation. Obviously in the Siddur, they want to make it make sense. The English translation in the Siddur, I got a nice art school in front of me, is to life and not to death. But if you want to translate it more literally, as in Shulchan it says, you have to be specific and say, to life and not, not death. What message and lesson is there for us? We have to realize that, you know, some people, they're alive because they haven't died because of coronavirus yet. Now, that's not life. We're not uh, alive like sheep that haven't been slaughtered yet because we haven't been hit by a truck. True life is a life of trust and faith in Hashem. And as Jews, we forever, our life was one that was dependent on God. we got to think about what is Jewish life. You think about our Jewish history for millennia, for centuries. We realize that our life was always in God's hands, because otherwise the pundits would have predicted long ago that we would be long gone. So the truth is the message and lesson for all of us right now is that during these trying and difficult times, we really need to have more trust and faith in God and realize when we're washing our hands with a hand sanitizer, with a soap, with water, whatever we're doing, yes, we got to take all the necessary precautions, but at the same time place our trust, our faith in Almighty God and realize that indeed our life, is in the Almighty's hands. And that is a very important message and lesson during these difficult, trying times. And I think there's an element to that message and lesson that we could see in the Torah portion this week that I'd like to share with you. But it looks like we got to first hit one of our ad breaks to pay for the bills. We'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And we were talking here about putting our trust, our faith in God's hands, how important that is at this time of the year and I just thought about the Torah portion we're reading this week, we're reading the portion of Va Yikra and for the Latin it is Leviticus it is about God calling out to Moshe that's the very beginning, of course it's about the sacrifice that each one of us makes in coming closer to Hashem and indeed in life we have to make sacrifices as we realize right now, perhaps this is God's message to us, it's a message to slow down you're going too fast, everything's Happening at a quick pace, God wants us to see who indeed is in control of this world. Maybe that's God's message to us, who knows? But certainly, if we're to take the message of the Alter Rebbe, which means to live with the times, how do we live with the times? We've got to look at the Torah portion of the week, and it starts off with God calling out to Moshe. And all our sages tell us, we know the, the word Vayikra has a very small aleph, because it was about Moshe's humility, and indeed we see we need a little bit of Humility, arrogance doesn't help us. The coronavirus does not differentiate between rich or poor, between uh, old or young, between wise or stupid. (laughs) The coronavirus is affecting everybody in this world. And that's why we're all affected. That's why the city's going in lockdown. That's why we have the current guidelines and how we are to try to fight this. But the thing is, it's not just God calling out to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Moses. Every verse of the Torah is a message, a lesson to us. As I always say, it's not about history. That's the English word for Torah, Bible. Bible is related to the word bibliography, which is about history. But the Torah means instruction. It's an instruction manual for life, and therefore it's not his story, but it's our story. And if we're looking at the story, the messages the lessons for our life, the word Vayikra also means, Vayikra is a calling. It is bokare. It is a calling from God to each one of us. It's God's calling to you and to me. Now the thing is, in life, you think about what's my calling? You know, some people say that means my vocation, right? It's a, it's a similar word. Vocare is the Latin. Vocation is my calling. My, what do I do in life, right? What, what do I want from life? And what do I want to get out of it? That they say you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. And perhaps by Yikra, God is calling out to every one of us and God is saying, the question we have to ask ourselves is not just what I want, but rather, what does life want from me? To paraphrase John F. Kennedy, who in his very famous speech said, at this important juncture of life, we got to ask ourselves, what does, not what can I get from the country, but what is, what can I do? What can I contribute? Right? And the truth is, he's not the one who made it. He probably plagiarized it from the al Rebbe, who told this particular individual who has to remember, the message and lesson is, what does God want for me at this point, at this stage in my life? That's the question. What is Vayikra? What does life want for me? What does God want for me? Don't ask what the country could do for you, is what John F. Kennedy said. Ask what you could do for the country. now the al told it to one of us, Hasidim, don't ask always constantly, God Almighty, this is what I need. I need money, I need this, I need that, I need the other. But rather, what does God want for me at this moment? And again, if you want to go back to the previous message we said before about the Hebrew word for life versus the English word, in English you say life. Life is Vayikar, that small aleph in the Torah. Everything is by chance, it's all uh, it's all coincidental. That's life. It's The, the center of life is this. That's a very secular way of looking at things. The more Jewish way of looking at things is Vayikra. It is God's calling to me. Here is lies an opportunity for me and my life God is saying to me, I need you. And therefore, you know, David HaMelech in Tehillim asks a question, Keili, Keili, Lama, Zabtani, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And people ask, what kind of question is that? Well, if you read it a little differently, because there's different ways of asking the question. You could ask "Madua." that's what King David could have asked. Madua is another Hebrew word for why, but the question is Lama. Lama is also related to Lama. For what reason? For what purpose? Right? God is calling out to me. And the question is, like the trees that we bless during this season, and during the Bircha Taylanot, the trees have deep, deep roots. How deep is my faith? That's Chayim, when I realized that everything is part of God. I had that trust, that faith in Hashem. And perhaps we could maximize these moments. You know, you, you could take, put pen to paper, write down what your experiences are during this time see what message and lesson you could take from this for yourself and, you know, in in a hundred years, you'll be able to say, I remember during the coronavirus. Remember those days. But take the messages and lessons during this time. See what you can do. You know, they tell a story about the child, the the, the, the college boy who was off to college and, you know, he was relying on his parents to look after him back in the days of checks and the parents would send him a an allowance money every month, and they would send him a letter with it to ask how he, never would he respond, no response from them. So one month, parents sent him the letter, but they didn't send the money with it. And all of a sudden, of course, you can imagine, he calls his parents, and got the letter, In the letter you wrote that the allowance money is included, but I don't see it. And maybe that was a parent's way of getting his attention. And in a similar sense, if we think about life, Life is constantly like, you know, life is running smoothly, right? Life is running its course. Everything is just happening. It's neck and neck there's no problems. And God is calling out to us, but sometimes there's no response. So every once in a while, we think God has got to make his presence known to us. Sometimes the CEO wants everybody to know who's boss, who's in charge. Maybe that's what God's doing here. God's calling out to us saying, Hey, pay attention. I'm the boss of the world and we got to just know. We got to look at her and, and be aware of God's uh, of, of God as being the, the boss of the world. And maybe that's why this is a time when we have a universe that's going through all of its particular challenges and problems that we see at the moment. We see, you know, you think about unprecedented times. Shoes, all the shoes in the community closed. In the past, when shoes were only closed because there was animosity, because there was hatred, because there was uh, Anti-Semitism that caused trouble for us Jews, and now our schools are closed out of love and concern and care for each other because we don't want to spread the virus. Not even private minyelim are allowed. Why not? Why can't we do it? Because this is not about me. Maybe I'm. We don't want to. What if I'm carrying? You know, everyone is asymptomatic at this stage. We don't know if we're carrying the virus. We don't want someone who's more vulnerable, someone who might be uh, immunally compromised, to be spreading the disease to them. And so this is seriously a time of yoshe badad, where we're sitting, where all Jews are praying alone. And what's interesting is, the Parsha that we read last Shabbos, when this all broke out, was the portion of Vayakhel, was a double portion last week. So it was an interesting irony. I I shared with my congregants. On the one hand, we read the portion of Vayakhel. On the other hand, we read the portion of Pekudeg. Vayakhel means to gather the community to gather everybody together where the word kihila comes from on the other hand you have the word fakude which is the other name of the parsha which means how every individual counts as an individual what's interesting is there's, there's multiple words that can be used for the community on the one hand you have the on the one hand you have the word tibur which sibur means a uh, piling up a gathering together but what kind of gathering is this? Rabbi, Chief, John, Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points this inside out, that you can have lots of Jews at the Kotel, and the Jews come all over the world, all parts of the globe. That's the Jewish community. We're dispersed everywhere. You can have a South African Jew, an Israeli Jew, an Australian, American, European, an Asian. We're all coming together. Everybody gathers together. They might dive in the same minyan. they're all strangers. They might not talk to each other, but they form a tzibur. They form a congregation. And, in fact, the Hebrew word for tzibur, this very word, forms the letters, it's an acronym of Sadiq Bez Resh, Tzadikim, Benenim, Rishayim. Sadiqim, of course, are righteous, pious individuals, Benenim are the average individuals, and Rishayim are the wicked. And you need everybody to come together. And in that itself, there's a separate lesson, is that a congregation is all of us together. If you look at the incense that was offered in the temple, and part of it we discussed in this week's portion of Ayikra, it includes the frankincense, there was one of the, one of them was called Chalbun, Maybe it's translated as galban in Afrikaans with a G. It's spelled kh. You got it right. Galbanum. Galbanum is one of those spices, part of the incense, that didn't have a very pleasant smell. But still, it was part of the incense. Maybe alone, like garlic, it has a, 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 a repugnant smell, one that's unpleasant. But when it's put together, it adds that fragrance that together, those ingredients make a beautiful recipe for the wonderful aroma that made up the ketorah, the incense that was offered in the temple. And in that sense, we have tzibur. Tzibur is a congregation, a community of strangers coming together. On the other hand, we have another word for community, that is edah. Literally, edah means witness. And this is a more of a homogenous community, a, a collective identity. They have a lot more in common. There's a common denominator that brings them together. And you have many communities, congregations. of In fact, around the world today, you look, South African Jews, even once they emigrate, they realize their life is not so leka abroad. But there's something beautiful about a South African Jewish community. And therefore, oftentimes, whether it's in Boca Raton or in Toronto or in whatever community where they gather, it, it could be in Ranana, and many people will call it Ranana Fontaine because of that because there's so many South African Jews there, we, we tend to gather together as a community to join forces. That's Aida. It's a witness, it's more of a homogenous collective identity. They have something in common with each other. And yet, the Hebrew word for a community, the preferred word we use is kihila, like vayaka, the name of last week's portion, which is telling us that kihila is both. On the one hand, we have a diverse community, people of all different backgrounds, colors, That's the Jewish people. The Jewish people, you have African Jews and Asian Jews and and European Jews and Sephardi and Ashkenaz and Hasidim and you name it, we all come together, regardless of the community. And that's the thing at this stage of this, at this stage we have to actually realize that what we need to do is find creative ways of coming together, regardless of our differences. Yes, we come from diverse backgrounds, and yes, we have different opinions and perspectives, but that's the beauty of our South African Jewish community in many ways, is that we have so many different seabors, so many different congregations, but we become an ada, we become together as a Kihila, and regardless of what term you use, think about what's going on presently. Different communities trying different methods, Zoom and Skype and Facebook video and you name it, to have shiurim, to come together, to hear, to learn. We come together and we come stronger together. And I think that's a very important message that we have to take from this time. And in a sense, you think Vayakel was one name of the portion. On the other hand, we had Pikure, which means about counting each individual. And that seems contradictory. Is it the individual that counts or is it the community that counts? You have certain societies that – you know, like uh, communist uh, China or uh, all the USSR where it was all about communism, about the community was important. On the other hand, Western civilization focuses on the individuals, that each person is a world unto themselves and that's capitalism. And Judaism says now we're both – it's important to have a community but we also have to remember how the individual pukude, each person is indispensable. We got, we, we ought to never lose sight of each single individual being unique and special. Yes, of course we need a minion. And that's one of the most challenging parts of this unprecedented time that we're living in is that we don't get to dabble with a minion, that the shuls are closed and we can't even do these private minyanin. But we also have to remember that we have to protect and preserve Every single individual, never give up on the one. The halacha says, if if one individual's life is at stake, we suspend all the laws. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. Because each life is of infinite value. So we have to remember how each one of us is important. And that's what makes the community. That's the interesting thing at this time. On the one hand, the only way... We as a community, the only way this whole entire lockdown will work is if we all come together in it. And the only way we could all come together is by being separate and apart. It's very interesting You go back to the first blessing that God gave to Avraham Avinu. And God tells him he's going to, his descendants will be so blessed like the stars in the heaven and the sand on the seashore. And people could accept the stars in the heaven. Wow, we all want to be a star, great shining light. But what's the significance of the sand on the seashore? And some people cynically look at it, that oh, will be tread upon like the sand on the seashore. But I once heard a profound varta, see if I could remember it properly, is that whilst we understand the advantage of the stars in the heavens, there is a certain advantage to the sand on the seashore that's even far greater. And that is, yes, individually, each grain of sand seems insignificant. It's in value, Of what value is it? It's nothing. But... When all, all the sand on the seashore gather together, it has a tremendous advantage for all of us because that's what holds back those mighty waves from the oceans. It's the sand on the seashore. And in that sense, we could also realize that when we stand together, when we are together. In what sense? Well, by being separated now in isolation. And that's the purpose of a lockdown, is that we come together by being separated. Now, I want to point out, I don't like the term social isolation. I think they should call it physical distancing, not social distancing, because socially we should all be looking after each other. I know that for the past week, myself, I have been involved with reaching out to all the senior citizens from our programs, distributing matzahs. And by the way, just speaking to you, everyone listening to Chai FM, if you still need shmurah matzah for Pesach, we at Chabad House have shmurah matzah. You could just touch base with us at Chabad House, and we could arrange for you to still collect shmurah matzah today at Chabad House. One whole single shmurah matzah per individual, per family to collect, and you're welcome to still do so before it's too late today. Just touch base with us, and we can make that arrangement for you. But here is the message for us, is that while the stars are very distant, in fact, they're light years away, right? they're so far away from each other, but that, in a sense, we become the, the greatest light that we could shine now, is... Utilizing this time to shine by separating from each other, by ex- by actually making sure that we have that physical distancing. Each one of us in our homes, we could connect in so many other ways. And that's why I say it's about physical distancing, not social distancing. Social distancing, look out for each other. Call your friends. WhatsApp them. Connect on your school Zoom class. Do something to connect with others. So in a sense, we look at the blessing that God gave us here, that God says we're going to be like the stars in the heaven. Every one of us could be a shining light, and we can navigate through this difficult, tumultuous, challenging time. How? By realizing we all come together by staying apart. And in that sense, we're like the sand and the seashores. We're going to come together now. <laughs> Go back to last week. How do we come together? By realizing the power of each individual, that every single one of us is indispensable and counts because it took only one person to spread that disease and it just takes one person to share it with another and we know how it compounds and how many more people can actually contract the disease. It's unbelievable how the disease just spreads like that. Each one of us could prevent this contagious disease spreading by just practicing that physical distancing but remember social distancing uh uh-uh socially we got to keep looking after each other taking care of one another and being there for each other during these difficult times so if you know someone who needs something if you know an elderly person who could have shopping done for them go do it for them that's the importance of utilizing this time in the correct way we'll be right back IFM 101.9 megahertz of life And welcome back to Soul to Soul. This is Rabbi Ari Keevan. I'm great to be with you here this afternoon. My dear friends, ladies and gents, we're talking here about the coronavirus, the social distancing. And I got to just re-emphasize, it is only physical distancing, no social distancing. Look after those around you. And I, coming to my mind are some of the great images, and I'm sure you've seen lots of videos Of events happening around the world. Here are some that happened last week out of Israel, our home days, but I could tell you so many that happened right here in South Africa of caring concern for each other. But I was looking at many people rushing their weddings because they don't know how long indefinitely it will be be delayed for and why delay a marriage further. I know myself, I was asked to officiate at a wedding last week already, which this wedding was only supposed to take place after Pesach. So, We know that there's lots of that going on, and I saw out of Israel, there was a couple who got married last week, and when the rules in Israel limited people getting together only uh, to the number 10, well, the supermarkets were still allowed to have 100 people, or maybe there were no limits. So this couple invited lots of people to come to their wedding. They got married in a supermarket, in the vegetable aisle. Just imagine that. Pictures with the tomatoes and cucumbers and the vegetables in the background. It was quite a sight to, to see. But you know, when there's love in the heart, there's nothing that can get in the way. And we're seeing a lot of that happening these very days. There was another wedding that happened where the couple got married and I've seen lots of these going on, people getting married, but the dancing to people wearing masks and gloves and they're holding a chair between each other to keep that two meter distance. And you just see that, yes, there is physical distancing, but with joy and happiness and love and care, and that's why I say it's not about social separation. Yes, we are socially separated, but not socially distant. There was another wedding I saw of a bride and groom. They were literally by themselves, you know, in the deserted streets of Petah Tikva. Nobody else in the street, maybe them and the rabbi. It was so eerie and strange to see this uncanny sight. But at the same time, you saw thousands of people participating with them. And you saw such scenes coming out of many parts of the world. I think it started in Italy. Beautiful such scenes coming out of Israel where you had thousands of people dancing with them from their balconies and singing and and everyone bringing out the musical instruments. It was an incredible sight to behold where on the one hand, yes, there are – there's that physical distance. But socially, there was a joy and celebration. People had their cell phone lights on and they're waving and taking pictures and videos. It's an incredible sight to behold. And I think it's an incredible time and to see how people are being so resourceful and coming out in these times in incredible ways. You know the famous story about Yitzhak Proman, the the great um, uh, violinist. And interestingly, he is struck, he's sick with polio. And Yitzhak Perlman, there's a famous story of him, and interestingly about polio, that was one disease that we were able to find a vaccine and thank God overcome, and please God, this corona as well. And I know Israel's working in many other places. Obviously, coronavirus existed for a long time, this particular strain of it, the COVID-19, but they've been working on this for a long time to try to find a vaccine for it, and I'm sure it might come out soon. Anyways, not to digress, the story goes that Yitzhak Proman was performing at the Lincoln Center for Performing Arts in New York City, where very many famous symphonies took pl- take place. And there he is, getting ready. He comes up to the stage very slowly. He has his whole entire performance ready, and the symphony begins with him as he takes his violin. And they're playing the most beautiful, exquisite music. And at some point during that song, during that ballad, what happens? Pop. One string of Yitzhak Perlman's violin, just like that, snaps. And people are gasping to watch and see what happens. But he continues to perform. He continues playing with just one string of his violin. And there was a tremendous applause as he continues his performance. And when he was done, people were surprised how he was able to do that. He gave a speech. And in his speech, he said that sometimes in life, we have to learn to play music with what we have and indeed we got to look in this particular situation right now in the present moment the challenging difficult times that we are and we got to learn how to play the music with what we have we got to realize that god's in control and god wants us each of us to really truly cherish our lives and what we have and the moment the difficulties we're in yes these are difficult times But maybe we're gonna come out of this stronger and better than ever. We're gonna learn how to cope. With the limitations that we have, we're going to learn how to deal with this. Many of the questions that I are coming through is about Pesach. And I'm sure many of the radio shows, many of the rabbis and to will talk about it. Perhaps next week we could talk a little bit more about how to deal with Pesach. I didn't even have a chance yet to talk about the idea of HaChodesh. Maybe we'll have a few minutes to still discuss that, which is today Rosh Chodesh, the very first mitzvah the Jewish people got. And to realize that there are important messages and lessons that... You know, on the one hand, we Jews are compared to the sun. On the other hand, compared to the moon. We look at our calendar and um, what we can learn from the moon is that the moon waxes and wanes. And we have our better times and we have our worst times and we face our challenges and our difficulties and our setbacks. And that is life and perhaps this is just a microcosm of what life really looks like for each one of us. But you know my favorite song from the supermarkets in the 90s. I get knocked down but I get up again. The moon really exemplifies that, how when we get knocked down, we get back up again. Every month the moon waxes and wanes, and it looks like it disappeared, and there it goes and returns to its full magnificence, its glory, its beauty. And in a sense, the Jewish nation, we look at our history. As I mentioned earlier, we should have long been gone. You know, you think about Pharaoh who tried to annihilate us, and thank God we have Pesach celebration, he's become our matzah. And you think about the Babylonians who tried to destroy us, Gone. You look at the story of Purim. We just celebrated a mere two weeks ago. We got Humantation today. They tried to destroy us, but we got good food out of it. And Chanukah, ah, oh, delicious. We got our latkes. So we realize we've come through every challenge. And in our own history, my father himself enduring the Holocaust, and thank God, they come out stronger and better and greater. We would never have wanted it. But from each of our challenges, we've learned how to come out stronger than ever before. And in that sense, I think we could take the message and lesson from Rosh Chodesh and Pesach, which is both controlled by the sun and the moon. Our seasons follow both. If you know how the Jewish calendar works, perhaps I could talk a little bit more about that in detail next week. But the Jewish calendar, is, on the one hand, follows the the lunar calendar, on the other hand, very different than the Islamic calendar or the Gregorian calendar. The Gregorian calendar is totally, completely solar, whereas the Islamic calendar is completely lunar. And the Jewish one teaches us, on the one hand, we have our ups and downs. On the other hand, the sun is always shining. There's a certain consistency. And that consistency, regardless of what's going on, we need, we need to remain consistently strong and committed to each other, to God, and to the Torah and mitzvahs. And that's what perhaps this season is teaching us in a very profound and unique way. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Soul to Soul, Rabbi Ari and we are here talking today about the coronavirus and all of the challenges that we're facing at this time. This is a time that is truly challenging and unprecedented. But I want to leave you today with a little thought on, you know, how to maximize this time. And this thought is something that is, a thought that's come to my mind, and I think it's something you perhaps relate to in your own. We know Pesach is coming up. People have lots of questions, what to do. People need their provisions, to take care of things. And as I said earlier, if you need Shmur matzah, please contact us here at Chabad as. we've got Shmur matzah for you. Indeed, it's challenging, difficult times. But there are lessons for life that we could all learn. And I will conclude with four in the spirit of the four cups and four questions of the Haggadah of Pesach. And so first challenge, I guess you could say, is this physical distancing, what they're calling social isolation. We're going to be locked down in our homes from midnight tonight. And we can't really go out unless it's for urgent, essential matters. If you think about the story of Pesach. That is exactly what the Jewish people were instructed by God. God said, I'm going to pass over your homes. Just think about that. There were 10 plagues that the Egyptians experienced. The very last one was the killing of the firstborn. And what does God instruct the Jewish people? The night of Pesach, why it's called Passover. God's going to pass over the Jewish homes. The instruction was very clear. No person should leave the door of their home. Just think about that. Okay, in the verse that says Ad Boker until the morning, but don't leave your home. This is one of the best ways to help protect ourselves and society. Unless it's unless you're a medical worker, it is best that you stay home and adhere to the guidelines and rules at the moment. But just to think about this, that Anne Frank during the Holocaust was locked up in her home for how long? For over two years in a tiny little space with such challenging difficulties. Today we live in South Africa. Things here are far greater circumstances, and we're doing this out of love, out of care for each other. So let's do this with, with hope, with uh, compassion, with positivity, with love, not in the circumstances like she had to be locked away. That's thought number one. Thought number two, today being Rosh Chodesh, it is, think about the first mitzvah that God gave the Jewish people, and this is a significant time. And what's the Hebrew word for time? Zeman. Zeman is related to the word zimon, which means an invitation. Every moment is an invitation from God. As we said before, the difference between chayim and life. It is a time for us, as my mother, blessed memory, left to say, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. But today is a gift of God. That's why it's called the present. Let's utilize our time wisely. How are you using this time right now? If you could catch up on a book you wanted to read. If you want to take that webinar, that course, that class. There's so many things you could do. In Pesach cleaning. The, the quality of time. And that takes me to the third element that comes to my mind about the Korban Pesach. Which was offered by the Jewish people so long ago during this time. And what does the Torah tell us there about each person? It says, That the instruction was for each family. This wasn't a communal sacrifice. This was an individual. Each family gathered together. So just to think about this time, to utilize it, to seize the moment in the best way to spend quality time with your family. In fact, the very word family is an acronym for father and mother, I love you. That's the acronym of family. So if you got, feel lucky to have your parents, then reach out to them. Of course, if they're elderly and you might expose them, then do it in a clever and smart way that you're not going to be in any way exposing them to this vulnerable, uh, this disease. But seize the moment to spend quality time with your family. That's what Pesach is. And the irony is that it is a celebration of the entire Jewish people. Go back to Vayakal. The entire nation experienced the Exodus but it 's a festival that we celebrate in our homes with our families, but at the same time as they say charity begins at home, but it doesn 't end at home and at the same time you know the world says God helps those who help themselves, but in Judaism we say God helps those who help others and therefore the carbon pesach did not just end with ourselves because the verse continues that to bite because if there is Uh, too few people in the home to eat the entire paschal sacrifice, to eat the entire lamb. Then what does the Torah say? Then go out to your neighbor. I'm not telling you to defy the rules. If you live in a complex, today is the time. Does your neighbor need extra shmur matzah? Does there an elderly person who needs extra concern and care? This is the opportunity. This is the time to look after others, to be there for another. So, my dear friends, Let's conclude with this thought right here. Number one, in this challenging time of isolation, remember the Pesach. God passed over the Jewish homes. Number two, today is Rosh Chodesh. It is the reminder to seize every opportunity to tap into this time. And number three, we said about the Korban Pesach. This is a time to connect with your family. And number four, also, Don't just worry about your family. Be concerned about your neighbors and friends, the elderly.